Hey you guys, welcome to the Main and Magic Podcast, your stop for all things Disney. I'm your host Dawn Brown and this is episode 49. Whether you're adventuring in the parks or at home via Disney Entertainment, I'm here to bring you the guests and info that'll pixie dust your experience and we're picking up lots of new friends along the way. You can catch the links to our audio recordings on our website at mainandmagic.com or subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Just search for the Main and Magic Podcast. After the show, we invite you to join our community on Facebook to share your thoughts about each topic and to connect with other Disney fans. In this episode, Katie and I chat with Ryan Ritchie, host of the Theme Park Trivia Show. We learn about the origins and inspiration for the show, how he comes up with the super fun categories, and where he finds the trivia questions. We also spend some time discussing the current state of the Disney parks and get insight on his love for the now extinct Horizons attraction. So join us on the Red Car Trolley as we take a ride to the crossroads of Maine and Magic. Welcome aboard, everybody. Climb on up, grab a seat. Joining me on the red line today is Katie Fisher from Pictures and Postcards Travel. Hello, how are you? I'm great. That's good. You, te- you, you said you had I a do. special announcement. I have an amazing... Tell me. You're going to love it. You're going to be so proud of me. I finally watched Princess and the Frog. Oh my God. <laughs> it only wow, took... that was not... <laughs> It only took 40 episodes. Oh my gosh. And like the movie's been out for a decade. But congratulations. Thanks. You are now part of our club. It's a good movie. I don't know what I was waiting for. Okay. And then of course we have a special guest today. And this is the director and producer of After the Fair, the legacy of the 1964-65 New York World's Fair as well as a producer on Mystery Science Theater 3000, The Return, and now the creator of the Theme Park Trivia Show, which is what we'll be talking about in today's episode, Mr. Ryan Ritchie. Welcome aboard. Thank you, Don. Hi, Katie. welcome. And I just feel I should point out that I did not see The Princess and the Frog until last year. So I'm with you. Uh, She kept giving me crap for it. Like, I'll watch it. I promise. I promise. (laughs) (laughs) I will say, though. I'm glad that you liked it. I did. And it's funny because, like, James watched it before me. And then the next day he's like, Mommy, I really want to find lightning bugs and catch one. I'm like, where's this obsession with lightning bugs from all of a sudden? (laughs) Got it. (laughs) got it okay it's not gonna be as good as ray but we'll find one (laughs) oh my gosh ray like wrecked me in that movie (laughs) like why the stupid lightning bug but um okay so we're here to talk about but we're here to talk about uh theme park trivia show so Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, a couple of months ago ryan you reached out to us to be content contestants on theme park trivia show and I kid you not when I when I texted Katie to be like, "Hey, 
this person reached out for us to be contestants. She like jumped at like, you know how you can you read text messages in someone's voice and like <laughs> nature. <laughs> she practically jumped out of the phone at me. I was like, okay, well, I guess she's cool with it. So we'll do it. <laughs> um, so I believe we were on episode seven, uh, which I'll link in the show notes if anybody missed it and wants to go back and check it out. But I'm, I'm excited to talk to you about this because this is a different kind of theme park fandom. Hmm. You know, there's a bajillion Disney podcasts out there, but this, I don't think anyone else is doing like a very well-produced theme park, you know, other than like defunct land doing documentaries. <laughs> right, uh, right. This is a different kind of content. So how did you come up with the idea to do like a super niched down trivia show centered around <laughs> specifically theme parks. <laughs> well, uh, obviously I've always been a big theme park fan. Um, and that goes back to, uh, as a kid growing up in central Pennsylvania and we would do a, uh, an annual, the Trek, we would get in the car, go down 95 and, um, go to, Disney World for a week or four days or five days, uh, once a summer, almost every summer, fortunate enough to go uh, several times and always been a big fan. And uh, my my day job is, as you mentioned, like video production and that kind of thing. And the idea came about, the original idea came about probably, I'm going to say 2019. It was pre-pandemic. And when I had the original idea, I, I envisioned it more almost like double dare. So there'd be teams of two and you would have to like um, your partner would have to like try to sculpt one of the, the park icons, one of the weenies out of Play-Doh and you'd have to try to figure out which one it was or that kind of thing. <laughs> uh, and uh, <laughs> we were going to try to um, have each team live, try to uh, book a reservation for a certain restaurant and see who could do it faster and that kind of thing. Um, and then the pandemic happened and I thought, oh, geez, you know, we can't get people together. It was going to be hard anyhow. It was going to be, you know, logistically difficult to have all these people somehow. I'm like, I can't afford to fly people for the show. Um, but then, you know, as people got used to Zoom and video calls and all that, I started to think, well, wait a minute, maybe, maybe this is a perfect time to try to do this. So change it around a little bit and uh, the put put together the show that that you guys were on um, that that kind of format and uh, it's a it's a great episode by the way if anyone hasn't watched Don and Katie yet check that out um, but uh, yeah that's that's sort of where it started yeah so you are a Disney World original like that was your first Disney park have you been to disneyland i have i've been to disneyland maybe th three times and uh it, it you know it's really interesting so the first time i was at disneyland you walk in and as someone that always went to disney world it, it's immediately oh this is so small why is this so small um this is ridiculous but <laughs> right <laughs> But then, you know, the charm kind of comes through and, and, oh, that's, you know, storybook land and there's Casey Jr. And it's all kind of intertwined and this is really fun use of space and all of that. So 
it won me over but my first my first uh inclination was to was to think this is so tiny i don't understand this um because of course you know you see things that are kind of where you expect them to be um and then it's just a little different but uh i i you know grew up disney world is specifically a big epcot center nut so notice i say center i guess that gives it away (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah so i i i like disneyland i like uh california venture but uh disney world is uh my uh the near and dear to my heart your home your home resort if you will you got it you got it as too and i just also want to point out I, I'm sure, Katie, that you you caught that he said that they went down in the summer. Yes, I did. So you have a fellow <laughs> summer traveler, and I'm like supremely outnumbered. Yes, yes, we always went in the summertime. Well, also. yes, very hot, and three o'clock shower, right? of course. Um, I remember there was the, I believe it was the surprise in the skies. Um, that took place at Epcot supposedly. And I say supposedly because I think it was scheduled for two or three o'clock in the afternoon. And when we were there every day, it was canceled because of rain. So I don't even know if the show actually happened, but that's, (laughs) that's when it was scheduled, but you could always count on those thunderstorms that would give you like 20 minutes of relief. And then it's just ridiculously humid. That had to be, that was like the mid eighties, right? Surprise I think, in the sky. Uh, maybe early 90s, like 91, 92, maybe. Okay, because there was one, I want to say it was in the mid 80s, where they had like flying contraptions. There was like a literally an airport, like right outside of the park. And they would like fly in these little, that's old school. I'll have to, yes. I, it's, yeah. I can't specifically remember if that's what it was but <laughs> and apparently yeah, it could have been. if you saw it it was amazing but like also logistically <laughs> a nightmare <laughs> mm-hmm. so uh which you know we it happens at disney i mean look at like rivers of light and stuff like that like you try it out it's logistically a nightmare and then you just pretend like it never happened <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay so Something that is really cool about your show that I particularly love is it's not, it's, it's like a combo of a late night talk show and also a primetime game show. So how did you, (laughs) how did you decide on that format? Somewhere kicking around in the back of my head, there was this old MTV show called Remote Control. Do either of you remember oh, that? Sounds I never watched it. I thought you were going to say singled and- out. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that one. <laughs> Remote control. I was, I was pretty young, but what I remember about it was that it, it was a, it was like a game show, but it didn't take itself seriously. And like everyone sat on recliners and when you lost the recliner went backwards and you, you got, flung yeah, out of I the, do remember the that. Back yes. to me. Yes. yeah yeah and they would have these kind of recurring characters that would come by and we we haven't really we're close to get starting that we have some recurring characters that are to, going to come by and it's going to be we'll see how it goes but um i think that was one of the influences for it and then also we've cut back on this a little bit but in the initial concept i was supposed to be playing this character of this guy who uh, 
wanted to be a cast member, didn't get to be a cast member, lived in Longwood, Florida, I think. <laughs> uh, there was a whole backstory. But then it sort of just turned into me kind of just being ridiculous with it. So that's that's where we kind of landed. I mean, it, it, it's too, it, there's no sense in taking it too seriously, right? It's, it's all kind of silly stuff. And uh, it, it, the, the things we're talking about are fun. So I felt like the, the show should largely be fun as well. Um, to your point, if, if anyone out there hasn't watched it, there are points and the points kind of matter, but they don't really matter. Um, and Everyone's paid in Disney dollars, as you know. <laughs> no, not even, not even in Disney dollars. Um, so, uh, you know, it's, it's, um, it just made sense to me for it to be kind of fun and, and silly. I, I do love the first time I watched it and you have uh, the Mineral Kings as your band. And I was like, <laughs> whoa, this is like a Disney deep track. Like, I don't know if just a casual observer would even get this. <laughs> <laughs> and Disco Yeti, like yeah. 100% at some point in the future, I am going to dress up as Disco Yeti <laughs> and go to Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party and see if anybody gets it. <laughs> So, so one of the things I want to, we're going to start doing is we're going to, you know, we're going to put up videos that aren't just the show and some of them are going to be like explainers. So if people don't know who Disco Yeti is or why he's named Disco Yeti, we'll have a video to explain it and who the Mineral Kings are and where that name comes from. Um, And a lot of the trivia kind of dig deep into some of these trivia things if people really want to really want to know where where it came from and some of the facts behind it so um soon everyone will know don everyone will know that you're disco yeti uh i like that like little side videos yeah little clips for for people that are like they don't have time to go look it up yeah yeah and the the characters we have uh, there's going to be a character his name is fragment Like Figment, only and not. <laughs> he he is uh, Figment's jilted brother, <laughs> and he, he he looks rough. I mean, I think I haven't. He hasn't been built yet, but I think he's going to be out of a lot of you know. He he's going to be a rough rough brother, and he's <laughs> always jealous of Figment because he had pitched Disney on an idea for a ride about notions. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god this kind of reminds me of the characters and stuff on like uh john stewart and stephen colbert had like you know on their various shows and mm-hmm. that's funny mm-hmm. does fragment yeah. come and take half your points if you pick the wrong that that devil oh, category that's a good idea <laughs> let's do that let's do that <laughs> he's he's gonna show up you know he might be sort of like the whammy oh, on yes. pressure love yes. awesome. i like that yeah that would be cool yeah you could like come up on screen wah, wah, wah. i had a notion <laughs> that you would get that wrong <laughs> in our next episode uh episode nine depending on when this comes out we we have a category called uh do not climb and the visual, we made a little um, model of the Mexico Pavilion. 
And so as you get the questions right or wrong, your your little stick figure goes further up the climbs up the the pavilion. So that's I love it. Who's are you? Are you just coming up with this stuff out of your own head, or do you have like a collaborative team behind the scenes that we don't I, know about? It's 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 me. It's uh, my wife Stacy, and then uh, Matt McGinnis, who is uh, a writer on Mystery Science Theater and a big Disney fan. We kick ideas back and forth and uh, see what we come up with. But I, I have to take credit for the the idea of uh, fragment. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay, so you just mentioned a category, you know, a new category, and you do have like a lot of different categories, even in, you know, just eight episodes so far. How Mm -hmm. did you come up with those? (laughs) And do you have favorites? I think my favorite, you know, sometimes we like to redirect that the name of the category isn't really what it actually is about. Um, And I think my favorite one of those was there was a category called one little spark and it was about, it was about theme park fires. (laughs) Oh, there are many, so many. (laughs) And that's probably the one that will keep us from being on Disney plus. But, um, uh, I like doing the, I, we do in each show, we do a rapid fire category you unfortunately had the one about the uh the the, the canoe yes, team completely random uh, who would know this kind of question yeah <laughs> and now i'm like on the search for that book you're like it came out of this book from 1994 and i'm like what is this book <laughs> <laughs> i think it's mouse tales if you want to try to find the book okay yeah the book mouse tales. I'm, I'm on the search so yeah. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, we other rapid fire ones. We in the next show, we have a category called Sherman or not sure, man. We have to <laughs> figure out if it's a, a song by the Sherman brothers or not. Um, and so that's fun. We had a previous one called in the gold or out in the cold. And that was about the 50 golden statues for the 50th anniversary. And you had to guess whether the character got a statue. I rocked that one, by so, the like, way. I'm, oh, yeah. Really? Yeah, I mean, okay. Yeah. But you, yeah, so did I. But you actually got to go see, like, all of I them, did. Katie. So you probably. <laughs> that, and I have a kid who eats McDonald's once a week, and the, for a while they oh. had those. So that was the other reason I knew them all. <laughs> but, but now you need to go with the special magic band. Yes, yes, we will be there in Thanksgiving with our special magic band. There you go. Maybe we, you could be a correspondent sure. and we'll go to you live, yeah. uh, Katie, for questions. Well, we can, yeah. I'll do that. Absolutely. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. When you go on vacation or when you like make trips there, it would be so funny to have, I mean, Disco Yeti could be a correspondent, <laughs> but I don't know if you'd want to do that in August. <laughs> I, w- I would, uh, it would be funny to try to uh, do a, a show live there and see how far we get uh before we're asked to stop i mean there was a guy that made a whole like movie the movie yeah, guy. yeah that's true that's true do wait for so. wait for a ride breakdown live from the small yeah. world breakdown we could we could do it uh on one people mover trip yeah oh uh, yeah uh, that's a good one hmm interesting oh 
your people mover thing. It could be like the cab. What's the cab one where you get in the cash cab? cab. Cash yes. Cab. <laughs> oh gosh. See? We're just coming up with all these game shows here. Exactly. The ideas. I, I could be the stranger that sits in the backward seat with you yes. as you're yes. going on the people mover and then hey, you're in the uh the trivia cab. Yeah. That, that would, would be, be awesome. so funny. Oh I, I love it. I love it. I want it to happen so bad. <laughs> um, okay, so I have to say the one that Katie and I were like sweating, sweaty palms over was the Beyond the Berm. Yeah. Mm. So uh, mm-hmm. that was actually something I kind of like about your show is that it's not just Disney. You do go to other amusement and theme parks. And so how did you, like, did you always know that you wanted to include other theme parks and, or did that kind of come later? H- how did you decide to do that? Cause that's, you know, like I know a lot of stuff about Disney, but. Right. And it's not that I haven't been to other amusement parks, but it's like been a while and <laughs> I should probably pay more attention to what's going on out there. I, I think it's that, you know, most people grow up, uh, they have a home park or at least the park that's closest to them as a, as a child that they might go to. Uh, for me, it was Knobles, which uh, is, a, is a classic park. And then there's also Hershey Park. And so, you know, a- anytime I hear someone mention Knobles, it's like, whoa, wow, they know about that. Uh, so I just want to, you know, I thought, let's let's do some trivia from other places so people hear about their their home park you know um and those questions i i will say most people do not get them because if it's not your home park uh it's very difficult but i will say that as we you know we have some deep cuts in the show but um as we kind of want it to be more accessible to to more people who go to theme parks we're going to have more multiple choice questions and i suspect beyond the berm might be a category that becomes multiple choice to make it a little easier on your last episode i was very proud of myself because i got the kennywood answer right on episode eight i was so proud of myself on that one (laughs) well that was the only (laughs) one i knew (laughs) yeah even on our episode one of the questions was what other park has a state name with mm-hmm. adventure in it and i was like oh michigan adventure which is funny because that place is only three hours from where i grew up and i've never been there <laughs> because well, we always went to cedar point because cedar uh, point was only like an hour and a half away and the roller coasters were better <laughs> so that's <laughs> that's so funny because we try to uh, cater the questions a little bit to whoever's in the game. So, for example, episode eight, uh, Gabe and Nikki, they're both West Coast folks. So we had some more Disneyland questions. And uh, Don, I specifically picked Michigan Adventure for you. <laughs> and then you didn't even go there. I've never been. I, my uh, my brother's been. I think they took my nephew. Um, but yeah, we just we never went there. I don't, for some reason, we never really ventured West unless we were driving all the way past the West, uh, Western edge of Michigan to Chicago. (laughs) (laughs) We we either left the state or went East towards uh, Cedar point. But um, 
I mean, I know about it. I grew up knowing about it, but we just never went. So, but I, I do kind of like that because it, it made me think about like, oh, I've been to Dollywood and I've been to, um, Tiago mm-hmm. Lake when that existed in Ohio. And, yeah, uh, I think it changed over to SeaWorld and I don't even know what it, it is was, now. It was briefly the world's largest uh, theme park when it was SeaWorld and the old park combined for a That's while. That's right, yep. yeah. See, my yeah, extent of so. theme parks was Darien Lake. That's all we had. Mm. So, mm. I, I, I didn't even go to Cedar Point until I was, you know, in my 20s and dating that was the first time i had ever been to cedar point we just never well it's a bit further drive yeah, it's like three and a half too. hours it's a little yeah. more it's a little more of a trek yeah but, um so as far as like parks go mm-hmm. what is your favorite disney park currently <laughs> <laughs> You can say ever, although I know you said Epcot Center earlier, and I, based on your, the, which we'll talk about in a second, you always include a Horizons question in every show, Um, but maybe besides that, (laughs) if you had to go down the list one more notch. (laughs) Well, if it is not a really hot day, I would say Animal Kingdom would be next Um, because I, I like the, uh, I like the walking paths and that stuff, but on a hot day, I just don't want anything to do with it. So it's, it's pretty high. I was a big fan of MGM studios back, back then when it was MGM studios. Um, There's a lot of exciting attractions in Hollywood studios now, but I mean, it's just, I don't know. It's just kind of disjointed to me. It doesn't, you know, I mm, there's thrills there, but I don't know that I want to spend a day there. Uh, and then probably Magic Kingdom. Boy, that's a terrible order. Magic Kingdom would be <laughs> Magic Kingdom would be ahead of Hollywood Studios, and of course, if I was really into construction walls on that particular day, it would be Epcot. So <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and barges, yes, barges and construction walls. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Do you have a favorite? non non horizons oh (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i think kenobles just because i grew up near it um i like i like the parts of universal orlando that feel like old mgm uh Mm. so so some of that stuff you know it still has a little bit more of that movie studio feel to it i think um but i don't i don't know that i love the park overall uh so i would say knobles would be the biggest non-disney yes i may change my answer but for now yes (laughs) so how do you find the trivia questions like do you have like an insane library on all things (laughs) theme parks or are you like scouring the internet like how I like to just randomly check into the Buzz Price archives on the UCF <laughs> website and just randomly see what links lead me to. <laughs> I think, uh, Don, I think you should start writing some questions if you're in the Buzz Price archives. My goodness. <laughs> uh, when I read things, if I if I see a fun fact to add, uh, I go through a lot of the old D23 magazines. And what we've started to do is more categories that like we had in this most recent 
episode a category with anagrams so they kind of you know kind of build them yourself and everyone kind of has the same chance at it it doesn't matter that much if you if you've gone to disney 30 times or one time i liked that category Um, by the way yeah so we were trying to do more of that and more of the uh stuff like magical microscope where we zoom in on stuff uh you guys got a really tough one with the uh maps those were I still am kicking myself over the all-star one because I've looked at that. I'm like, it's so little. I'm looking. My dad goes, how did you not? Like, listen, because it's harder than you think. Right, exactly. And and I didn't realize the extent to which it's difficult to see the tiny line art maps on the, when we're doing the show live. So, uh, you know, people watching the edited version, it's a little easier to tell what the stuff is. Instant recall is hard, is. people. Yeah. <laughs> Katie, didn't you have a question yeah. about what? So, Don and I were both, you know, Disney aficionados. Are you ever mm-hmm. surprised of the when people like us or anybody misses something that you would think is really easy? Like, do you sit there and go, how are they calling themselves Disney fans when they don't know, <laughs> when they can't remember that it's called? uh no yeah you know i no because i i know when it's under when you're under the pressure especially you may know it and it's just like you said the instant recall it's very very difficult to to think of it in the moment and the other thing is you know people have different um different lanes of knowledge like we did a category where the magical microscope was zoomed in on on character outfits and so character costumes and so if you don't do anything with the characters someone who knows all the characters and that's important to them would think that's a really easy category uh, but someone that doesn't go and get their picture taken with all the different characters it's a really difficult one so everyone has different you know different pools of knowledge that they know um and, uh, you know, as long as they know Horizons was the best friend, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of which, why Horizons? Like, <laughs> so I know that I have been on this ride at least a dozen times. And I swear to you, I can barely remember it. I had to watch a ride through video on YouTube that somebody put together from just like old footage and as I'm watching it, I'm like, I sort of remember this one part. I don't know what I. <laughs> mm. And there's so many people that like that's their ride. So what is it? What for you, for you personally, what was it about that ride that made it so, I guess, you know, well, important in your Disney fandom? I'm just recovering from what you said. <laughs> so give me a moment. <laughs> Um, I I think the thing about Horizons is that Horizons was sort of this uh, thesis of everything Epcot was supposed to be and everything Epcot was about. So you had, you know, part of it that was in space, part of it that was under the sea. All of it was about the future. And so it sort of uh, boiled down everything, kind of the whole ethos of what was Epcot Center into one attraction. And it felt like, you know, if everything else went away, 
this is the one that would kind of hold up the whole idea of what everything else was trying to do. So I think that was it. The, the ride system was unique. Um, I remember even though I was young, like being on it and you would be 30 feet off the ground and and looking down. And I thought, Oh no, if there's a fire or something, we're trapped. Um, but not knowing the whole time that there were these safety doors in the back and, and all this, and we were never in any danger, but, uh, (laughs) it, it, it was, um, it was that, and it was so long. I mean, none of the, it was long. Yeah. None of the, um, maybe rise of the resistance. I don't know how long that actually is. The, The whole experience is long, but the ride itself, I'm not sure, but, um, you know, at that time, those Omnimover rides, Wheel of uh, World of Motion and Spaceship Earth, um, they were all much longer. And it just, it was so long, it was immersive. And it's hard to, I, I get why people who don't really remember it or didn't go on it, watch the ride throughs. And they're like, what's the big deal? Why is everybody, uh, it, you really kind of had to see it because it was the the cumulative effect of sort of be getting immersed in it because of in part because of how long it was and i just absolutely could not figure out how the thing worked at the end when you picked your own ending uh i still don't entirely understand it even though i've read a lot about it because it predates just having computers playback video it was all yeah uh video discs or actually film initially that somehow would follow with your vehicle based on what you picked. And I've people have explained it to me and I still can't get it to stick. So it it was the fact that it was everything about Epcot boiled down into one attraction. It was long enough to be immersive and, and make you feel like you were somewhere else. And it had some technology and some things that happened that you didn't see anywhere else and that you couldn't quite figure out how they worked. So it was that, that was the magic that was horizons. Thank you. I, I do. <laughs> Thank you for coming to my TED talk. Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, I do. I, I do get it in terms of like, if I can take myself, I, like if I put myself in spaceship earth, right, I would be devastated if they ever took that away. Mm-hmm. And I know that it's changed over the years, but it, I, I know in its, Again, that's kind of focusing on one, you know, now it's focusing on communication, one aspect of it, whereas Horizons, like you said, is going under the water and out in space and all these places. But I, I would you say that Spaceship Earth is like kind of a next one? Like if you had to explain Horizons to somebody, Spaceship Earth would be the closest thing to it? Yes, absolutely. And now Spaceship Earth has sort of taken up that, that position as kind of the the thing that represents what, you know, Epcot was about. And of course there were talks of changing it in some way before the pandemic. So we'll see if that happens, Um, you know, all the way back to the plans when there was a plan to put a roller coaster in there, which (laughs) gives me nightmares at times, but that was, um, (laughs) which as I understand it got fairly far along, but um, that's uh, yeah, definitely it's spaceship earth. And, you know, the thing that's hard to get across to people doing Spaceship Earth today 
is that, you know, 40 years have gone by. So it's like, no, you don't understand. It was all new then. And these animatronics and, and they use Pepper's ghosts and there would be these little holograms. Uh, never mind. Like, yeah, <laughs> but uh, you definitely now spaceship earth is, is the closest thing to what horizons. Was. I, I don't remember horizons. I'm sure I went on it the first time we ever went to Disney, but I don't remember it, but I will say I was ready for that question on our episode. <laughs> I studied as much as I could. I'm like, I will get the Horizons question right. <laughs> I missed the final category, but I got Horizons. <laughs> that, we oh should give goodness. out a different award for that. You're right. So you should get something special for getting that correct. If I was doing the game show, if I was the host, and I had to put a question in every episode that revolved around one specific ride, which ride would it be, Katie? Oh, wait. I don't know. Mr. Oh, yeah, Wild Ride, are you kidding Sorry. me? <laughs> I hit a brain fart. Instant recall, okay? Instant recall. <laughs> Stop. You're terrible at this game. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I, um, I went so far down the Horizons hole. I mean, there was, I, I don't know if either of you remember Theme Park Surplus that was in, uh, it was near Orlando or Tampa, in between Orlando and Tampa. And they they somehow were getting props and things from Disney. It's a little bit of a gray area, I think. People weren't quite sure how they were doing it. But at any rate, um, at one point, they had a ride vehicle from Horizons. Um, and it was $10,000. And I think it actually ended up selling for less than that. But it was sold to... I've, I've part of my uh my my goals in life one of my goals in life is to is to find this ride vehicle it was sold to apparently an nba player but not robin lopez an nba player um who was really into disney stuff and that's where the trail goes cold so i'm still working oh, on no. it <laughs> <laughs> there's got to be other stuff out there though like a clothing item that one of the animatronics was wearing or like I mean, there were so many props and a lot I mean, of those. You think about yeah. how long that attraction was. There's a lot of stuff. John Stamos probably has it all. That's true. A lot of them did show up on eBay, uh, maybe ten or fifteen years ago now, and then it sort of all disappeared. There was a scene with a bunch of vegetables. Some of the individual vegetables showed up um, in in eBay auctions and that kind of thing. So, but but now I'm going to interview you for a moment, Don. So why? Oh, no. Why <laughs> Mr. Toad's Wild Ride? Specifically the one at Magic Kingdom at Walt Disney World. That mm-hmm. one was the superior <laughs> the superior Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. I was a very strange child <laughs> and I was kind of obsessed with the adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad, like the double feature mm-hmm. VHS if you will. Uh, And I'm actually like still to this day, like even like the whole sleepy hollow story, like all of that. I'm still, I wish there was a ride. I know that they had plans to like include some of like the headless horseman and the haunted mansion. And like, there's, there was places, there was even going to be a headless horseman, like attraction, like specific attraction for it that they ended up abandoning. But I just loved both of those films and I remember going on that ride with 
my dad and being just freaked out by the whole train thing that's going to hit <laughs> you. But like, you know, it's fake, but it's still like kind of jarring. And it's a, it was a, just a very different kind of dark ride because it was not slow like Peter Pan or mm-hmm. Pirates of the Caribbean. You know, it just, it was it was so different from the other ones. It just stands out to me the most because you could laugh on it. And then like, who doesn't love a ride where you like end in hell? (laughs) 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 You know? And so I know that you have to make decisions, right? You can't, it's, you don't want the parks to be a museum. I do question why they got rid of the one at magic kingdom instead of getting rid of the one at Disneyland. Um, and I know I'm not alone because I heard a, an interview with Tony Baxter where he thought the same thing (laughs) and he ended up fighting to keep country bear jamboree at magic kingdom. Like, you know, he, he was kind of a, like, we need to keep the best version of the attraction at whichever park it is and we can get rid of the other one but there mm-hmm. should always be one. So I'm, I'm grateful that there's still one at Disneyland that I can go to, but it's just not the best one. <laughs> Don, you would, you'll love to know that James, one of James's new things right now is if you could break down on any ride, what ride would you want to break down on? That that's his mm. new, I don't know. The kid loves, the kid loves watching TPM vids. Like he's all about it. So I said, oh, I don't, I don't know. I'd have to, I have to think about that. He goes, well, I want to be broken down on Winnie the Pooh. I said, why Winnie the Pooh? He goes, so I can go over and see Mr. O- Mr. Toad giving Mr. Owl the deed. I'm like, aw, Don, we love Aww. you. <laughs> I'm going to send this kid some stuff. <laughs> he knows what's up. Okay, let's kind of break from talking about well we weren't even talking about theme park trivia there (laughs) i guess we sort of were it's all connected um but i do want to ask you're a disney fan and there's we're we're in a tumultuous time (laughs) it's a it's a hard time for disney fans Uh (laughs) what are your thoughts about like kind of everything that's going on like company-wide right now like do you have any big complaints or whether it's at a specific park or settle in everyone (laughs) 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 well you know exactly (laughs) (laughs) where to begin where to begin um I will preface this by saying I try to remember that this whole thing is a pendulum and it swings one way and then usually swings the other. And there have been times of questionable management decisions in the past. Um, But I I think the part that it, a basic part of the strategy from a business standpoint has always been to have people come on property stay on property, not leave property, and as much as possible, not have them think about how much money they're spending while they're there. So you had the Magical Express buses, you know, to whisk you from the airport right to Disney property, where most people would probably opt to spend their entire vacation since they were already there. Um, 
and you had magic bands. And so your expenses weren't real. You know, you just hit the thing, you hear a nice, pleasant ding. You don't think about it. Well, now you're asking people to stand there and make, you know, value propositions about lightning lane. And while they're standing there, decide, okay, is this worth to look, I've got four people. Is it worth $60 for me to skip this attraction while I'm standing there or that morning at seven in the morning? Um, so I don't understand the, the things they're doing that to me make good business sense and also made the experience unique. Um, that's probably the biggest thing. And then the, and, and we all joke, you know, we all say, uh, we all are quick to blame JPEG for a lot of this. Uh, but I think a lot of it was in the works and predates him. And I think that people a little closer, he's got his hands full, uh, screwing up Hollywood deals and getting people in Hollywood angry at him. I'm not even sure he, you know, he might just now be getting around to seeing what's happening with theme parks. But uh, I think we give people under him uh, kind of a pass for, for some of the decisions. And, and I just, a lot of them do not make sense to me. And I don't understand the reservation system, especially if, if we're supposedly at a hundred percent capacity you have 50 years of data. You know how many people are going to go to Epcot on Tuesday if it rains or if it doesn't. Like this idea that somehow it helps staffing. I just find that hard to believe. So um, you have more data than anyone else in the industry on what people do. So I, you know, the lightning lane thing, I would be happier. And it, to me, it makes more business sense as much as I hate to say it to just increase the ticket price. Keep the old fast pass increase the ticket price. And it's another thing where people aren't standing there thinking about purchasing, you know, putting extra money out while they're on vacation. I completely agree. And to your point about Bob Chapek, I have said this repeatedly too. Bob Iger put him in charge of parks and resorts and mm -hmm. all that. And they were having problems before Chapek ever took over. Yeah. I actually, for those of you guys who want to hear me rant about this, like <laughs> in more detail, go back to our last episode where I talk about some of the problems that we, that happened back in 2015 with Bob Iger and Bob Chapek. And then we go on to talk about how they're having problems. What, well, what Katie and I see is a significant problem with hiring frontline cast members, yes. like sure. entry level to entry level jobs and how they're actually never talking to a human being before they get hired. Mm -hmm. uh, wow. That's a big, big wow. problem. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I get it. And now you look at like the Brightline train. Uh, mm -hmm. Disney wanted it to come like right to them down. I think it was 417 and like be completely bypassing universal and the convention center and everything over on that side of I drive and you know, the, the County and the city and everybody said no. And so Disney just abandoned it. And now apparently they're going to just build the stop over there by the convention center. So now you've got all these people that are like, well, it's so much easier to just go to universal then. Especially with a new park coming. And the, the thing that I, haven't like I don't it seems to me there's got to be and maybe we've reached it and maybe it was accelerated because of everything that's happened the last few years but 
the thing I always go back to is there has to be a limit to how many people in in one city can can live and work on the on the wages of theme parks and when you're adding yet another park with universal i mean there has to be there has to be a limit to how many bodies you can actually fill in these positions and and have any kind of uh decent experience for the guests and you know my idea so i'm not in charge currently currently i'm not in charge of this <laughs> <laughs> but coming out of the pandemic, my thought was, okay, so you're understaffed. Here's what you do. Here was my idea. And it's too late now. My idea was 50th anniversary. So what you do is you reopen the parks in the order they open. Huh? So like for the first six months, you would have had only the Magic Kingdom and you could stay at the Contemporary or Fort Wilderness or Polynesian. And then you open it. And then when we get to October, that would be the big date and everything's open and everything's happy and wonderful. So that was my idea. Maybe next time. But <laughs> the next pandemic. <laughs> yes. Yes. So tuck that away, hopefully for a long time from now. Um, you know, the decisions and just the stories about how, uh, housekeeping is stretched thin and how the experiences that guests are having as a result. I mean, I, it's just not sustainable to, to have it be still be a special place. Or there was a time when, when every, when Disney, the theme parks were head and shoulders above everyone else. And obviously they are still number one, but universal is chipping away at them. Other places are starting to chip away. And, I just don't understand why they seem to be leaning into making decisions that make them like everyone else instead of keeping that lead. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Like they're they're getting rid of all their differentiators. I wonder if part of the problem is that like every attraction that they've built in the last like however many years has been like this big, huge billion dollar you know, raging, like, e-ticket attraction, and, like, we haven't seen, you know, can can you just do, like, a dark ride, like, a simple dark ride that my two-year-old can go on? <laughs> um, and I wonder if these huge price tags is is making it part, part of the unsustainability of it. Like, every single ride doesn't have to be a quarter of a billion dollars. Like, you could just put in a slow dark ride about Moana and people would be happy. <laughs> right. Right. I, I mean, I, you know, I've thought about that. And then on the other side though, I think about something like the little mermaid and the little mermaid dark ride is fine, but I, you know, I don't think anybody, I, they, they want to have buzz and they want to have hype. And, and I'm surprised. I don't think there has ever been any attraction that has had as much advertising as, as cosmic rewind um, TV ads and social ads and all that stuff. So I would, I'm with you. I would, I mean, if it was up to me, every country in world showcase would have a dark ride uh, <laughs> that doesn't yes. have a ride because, and from a business standpoint, my argument is that world showcase is IP. Like that is something that Disney has that no one else has. And so use that and and make it bigger make it better uh don't don't wait for a, a, an animated movie about italy before you <laughs> can add an attraction to italy you know i i just feel like um there's a lot of 
missed opportunities, how many sea ticket rides that would increase capacity could we get for the price of one of these, uh, like you said, billion dollar, nearly billion dollar rides? Yeah. Well, okay. I don't want to end. No, don't end there. Trashing <laughs> <That's terrible>. Disney. <laughs> you D23s around the corner. Hey. Who knows, uh, right? Who knows? I'm sure we they'll get... have new announcements. You never know what we're going to get. But, I, I, you know, on the flip side, is there anything that you're, like, super excited about going forward at any of the parks? I am tentatively, cautiously optimistic to see what Epcot ultimately becomes. I'm not... As much as I uh, begrudge those those barges sitting out there and all of the construction walls and projects that start as one thing and now have been changed into something else, um, you know, I'm holding I'm holding out hope that in the end we do get something uh, that that is really special and and somehow ties into what Epcot was. And by the way, earlier you asked me about what other park, and technically it's not a park. But I really am a big fan of the Kennedy Space Center now. Um, it's very much in keeping with what Epcot used to be. They've done some great new attractions there and great new displays. Um, I tell everyone, if you haven't been out there in the last 10 years or so, go out there because that's a great place to check out. But as far as Disney goes, I, you know, I'm going to try my best to withhold judge- judgment on Epcot uh, until things are done. So fingers crossed. Uh, yeah, I haven't been out to Kennedy Space Center. Uh, it's laughable. I think I was eight or nine. It was, I mean, it was like right after the Challenger explosion. I've never been there. That's the only time. I have seen a launch from mm-hmm. I-4 because we, <laughs> we, it was actually like the day after I moved there for my college program, and we heard they were going to do a launch. So we got in our car and like drove as fast as we could and got as close <laughs> as we could. I have pictures of it. It was really cool. Um, but I, you know, I live 20 minutes from Johnson space center here in Houston. So, um, it, it's really fun. I went as a kid and at the time it just felt like you drove out there for ever and you got out there and then you got on a bus and you went around and there was a bus tour and that was about it. Um, yeah yeah <laughs> but it is it is much more interesting now and they've uh there's some really nice really nice uh, attractions there cool well that's good i'm maybe maybe i'll have to make a trip out there next time i know my my parents and my brother and sister-in-law are, like want to get my nephew back down to florida for some fun things so maybe we can because I was like all about space as a kid probably like every kid right there's a phase right <laughs> i was pretty sure i was gonna go to space camp at some point Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) uh i was gonna be an astronaut and a marine biologist (laughs) (laughs) i know right (laughs) but you um, should have loved horizons then that's all i have to say that's uh, yeah (laughs) i do have a very special place in my heart for the living seas like old school living seas with the hydrolator like that attraction like literally informed my life because like i did go to school for biology and i was like you know, working with the stranding team with like helping turtles and all that stuff. But so that was like my, you know, it's funny because as a kid, I was kind of like, 
you know, we've talked about this on the show before, like we did the front of Epcot and then like the boat ride in Mexico and Norway. And then we were like, why are we hanging out at this park still? (laughs) 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 Didn't, you know, it, it wasn't necessarily like, the greatest place for kids like the whole back of epcot right you know they they really kind of came into their own i think during the millennium celebration when they added all like the kid cot and all that stuff Mm -hmm. but yeah epcot is i think everybody has like that one epcot thing especially like people of our age right like we're you know our middle age i guess our (laughs) you know whatever not to not to trash us but (laughs) if you went to epcot as a kid in the 80s or 90s like you have there's a thing right you that you are like that's you know that's i love listening to other podcasters talk like len testa like when he's talking about um going into like communicore and he was like that's you know and now he's like a computer engineer or whatever i don't even like just crazy stuff that he does with touring plans. And then like also in the medical industry, it's like, we all have that thing. Right. <laughs> Our thing at Epcot right. was cocky gories. A, a food thing? Are you a shot? No, but they were on a, okay. Going in August when it's 97, stopping in Japan and getting a cocky gory was amazing. And you had to sit, you had to sit there with your feet apart because the paper cone it dripped all over your feet. It's not a snow cone. It was so much better. And honestly, it sounds so stupid, <laughs> but they changed them now. And now they're like snow cones and it's not the same. And so really quick about cocky gory. So we went uh, 2016, we went and there was 10 of us that went and we get up there and we ordered 20 cocky gories. They looked at us. <laughs> uh, no joke. Okay, so my dad like knew every what we were all getting, all of our flavors, and we all got two. And he ordered them, and it was so hot, the devil's armpit. And by the time they got to the eleventh one, the person who got their first one was already done. So we were like basically just reordered every single one. (laughs) (laughs) I never, I never did that. Um, And I have to make, I'll make a confession here. I was a full grown adult. I was, I may have been in my thirties uh, before I realized the deal with the hydrolators. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> now I knew we weren't going down, you know, two, 300 feet, but, but you know, I, Oh wow. You know, we're, we're in the water. Somehow we're in this thing and we're going, wow, this is really something. So I, I have to admit that. So I can't I can't uh, fault anyone else for not knowing their Disney trivia when I was completely fooled for many, many years by the Hydra ladies. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Okay. Uh, one more question before I, I let Katie try to wreck it with trivia. Okay. Um, do you have any parks on your bucket list that you haven't been to Ooh. yet that you're dying to go to? That's a great question. I would and it doesn't say, have to be Disney. It could be any park. Yeah. Like if you are like Jones in for the Hello Kitty park, I would <laughs> love to know that. <laughs> uh, I would like to uh, make it to uh, Tivoli Gardens because that's kind of the, the old school, you know, where it all started there. Walt went and visited and all that good stuff. Uh, Tokyo Disney Sea, of course, would be would be great. I haven't I haven't been to any of the Disney parks outside the U.S., um, 
I, a lot of, uh, I just like in general to, 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 I don't know that it's a bucket list, but if I was in the neighborhood, I'd like to go to Europa park and see what that's all about. Uh, so a lot of the, um, the international parks are, are interested to me now here in the U S I haven't been to, uh, Dollywood yet. So I'd like to check that out. Um, and, uh, I think that's, yeah, that's pretty much it, but Definitely Tokyo Disney Sea is is up there. Uh and maybe is it Shanghai that has the uh new pirates ride with this? Yes. Yeah. Wait, is it I think is it is it Shanghai I think it, or Hong Kong? I think it's it, I think it's Shanghai. Whichever one was most recent, right? Yeah. So, yeah, Shanghai. Yeah. So those are some some places I'd like to make it to. Cool. And do you have uh anybody specific that you'd love to have on your show? Like I, I personally would love if you could do like a Jim Corcus, Jim Hill showdown. Ooh, let me put that, that on the <laughs> amazing. Like I want these two guys that have like photographic memories of everything Disney to just like I want to see who comes out on top. <laughs> Episode nine, we have uh, Doug Barnes and Robert Coker from the Season Pass podcast, and. They, they were one of the first, I mean, they were podcasting, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago now. Yeah. Um, so they, they, they're pretty sharp. Um, yeah. Jim Hill and Jim Corcus. That's a, that's a good one. The, I would, in general, I would, um, love to have Imagineers on and see what happens. Yes. Uh, oh, that'd be great. <laughs> Tony Baxter on there, uh, and Eddie Sato, let's say, and uh, see see what happens and ask them questions about their own projects uh, <laughs> and see yeah. who, who knows the right answer. <laughs> so I have, okay, here's two people for you, possibly. So I love mm-hmm. watch, like, scrolling through TikTok Disney videos. It's actually how I learned a lot about Genie Plus. Um, it sounds silly, but like there's some people out there that know what they're doing. So mm-hmm. two people who I follow who are very up on their Disney knowledge is somebody, her name is Dapper Danielle. She used to be a Disney cast member. She knows a lot of random Disney knowledge. Actually, her big thing is random Disney things in the middle of the night that you don't care about, but I'm going to tell you anyway. um so she's really cool and then this other guy his he goes by walrus carp his name is kirk he owns a like a storefront basically online but he goes every day he does a bunch of lives and knows a lot of disney knowledge so they're like i get a lot of information from those actually one of the questions i'm going to ask you is from dapper danielle so (laughs) oh Oh, boy (laughs) random disney things in the middle of the night Wow. Well, you know, it's funny. Um, so before the show started, so we were last at Disney uh, the day that Runaway Railroad, Mickey and Minnie's uh, Runaway Railroad opened, mm-hmm. which was like, I don't know, two weeks before they shut down or a week before they mm-hmm. shut down. Anyway, I took all of these pictures of cast member signs, the cast members only signs. Uh, with the intent of having a category of, do you know where this cast member sign Ooh. is? And I made the mistake of forgetting to take a wide picture so I would know where the cast <laughs> member sign is. <laughs> oh, so that might become a, a Twitter thing that everyone can help with to try to okay. figure out where these are from. That would be so good. Oh, I love I'll, that. I can work on that on my next trip for you. <laughs> 
I, uh, <laughs> perfect, perfect. Um, yeah, it was so funny because I would, you know, sometimes I would just take the picture or depending on where it was, I'd ask my wife to stand there and I'd sort of act like I was taking her picture, but taking a picture of the sign instead. <laughs> um but uh yeah stuff like that we want to make you know have some some fun on the twitter and and instagram and and kind of make those more interactive and fun like the show so um looking forward to that and katie we will get we will give you some assignments you got it i'm all over it (laughs) oh my gosh okay katie you can do your trivia all right i'm ready i only have two i only have two the first one i'm going to give you is something i did see on from dapper danielle so where can you find a replica of lucy the elephant okay lucy the elephant lucy the elephant comes from uh the shore and so i'm going to say there would be a replica of lucy the elephant at at the boardwalk you are correct it is yes yeah (laughs) very good (laughs) all right (laughs) um all right my next one is maybe one you could use for your final your final question of the day on your next on one of your next episodes Okay. How many of the nine presidents whose face was repurposed for Spaceship Earth can you fi- name? Uh, the 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 dad from uh, Carousel of Progress. Does he, he count? I think he he's is in there. one of the nine. He's one of the controversial <laughs> ones. I actually have him down as the mandolin player in Carousel of, in Spaceship Earth. Yeah, but yeah. it could also be uh, John from Carousel of Progress. So yes, he is included. I would be totally guessing. Uh, Teddy Roosevelt. Yes. Uh, let's see. Someone kind of. Uh, let's go with Taft. Yes. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> I'm thinking it has to be those guys sort of in the middle uh, that are somewhat. Uh, how about Grover Cleveland? He is not one. Okay. I got off to such a strong start. Um, not Washington, no. not Lincoln, obviously. No. Uh, let's see. How about uh, uh, Adams? Yes. Okay. Okay. That's kind of cheating. <laughs> 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 not to call you out, but. <laughs> um. Gosh. Minus ten points. I'm just kidding. Minus ten points. Well, who did I? Who did I? Who did I miss? Got, who did I miss? Who did you miss? All right. So we yeah. got. You said John Adams. John Adams is the monk. Uh, mm-hmm. James Buchanan plays uh, mm. Gutenberg. Mm-hmm. He plays mm. Gutenberg. Uh, <laughs> Andrew Jackson is the printing assistant. Dwight Eisenhower is the mandolin player. He is the one who is. The speculation that that face is not Eisenhower, it's John from Carousel of Progress. I would tend to think it's John. Yeah. yeah. Uh, William Taft plays the Egyptian priest. Teddy Roosevelt is the Roman senator. Franklin Pierce is the scholar sitting on the floor. Hmm. Zachary Taylor is the Roman centurion. And John Tyler is the Turk. Those are our nine. There we go. Well, you did better than I did because I think I got one when she asked me. <laughs> <laughs> I, saw, I saw that. Actually, now that I think of it, I got that from Tapper Danielle too. Um, so kudos <laughs> to her. But I saw that. I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to ask him this question. 
<laughs> that is a good one. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's crazy when you think about it. Um, there aren't that many human animatronics anymore. No, there's you know? not. New, yeah, yeah, you're right. In new attractions. For anybody who's listening that doesn't know. So Disney, when they have to get a new animatronic, instead of recreating a whole new face and all these new features, they repurpose animatronic faces that they already have. So what better place than Hall of Presidents that has all these male characters that they could just re-sculpt and make into a new, repurpose it. So yeah, that's where they come from. Yes, that's all you need. Give them a a funny looking, uh, you know, 1800 hat and he's all good. Yeah. Or in the case of the the newsboy, just uh, turn him away from the exactly. from the ride. <laughs> oh yeah, somebody was asking in one of our Disney alumni groups if he has a face, <laughs> uh, and there we did get confirmation from somebody who like that like that currently works there that yes he does have a face, but it's like kind of messed up. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot what the other one was. It was somebody asked about if one of the animatronics had pants but i forget which one it was but i think it was something in carousel of progress maybe behind oh the yeah sitting behind the counter the sun sitting yeah. behind the counter so this is what we talk about yes yes that's another good yeah i should uh that's do a, a question one. about that yes. yeah that's a... <laughs> and i thought you were going to say did uncle orville have pants on in the <laughs> You know, it's Cousin sometimes Orville. maybe Sorry. you don't Cousin even Orville. know. Yeah. Maybe he's got plaid pants on and nobody knows about it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's something the Imagineers just did for themselves. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for coming on and chatting with us. Where can people, like, where do you want to send people to find more information and to follow you? Sure. So we our website's themeparktriviashow.com. And basically... That is where we have all the episodes. You can also find them on YouTube, which is easy, Theme Park Trivia Show. Um, and we're on Instagram as Theme Park Trivia Show, maybe with an underscore. I'll have to double check. Um, <laughs> and uh, also on on Twitter as Park Trivia Show because Theme Park Trivia Show was too long. So um, everyone can check out there. But but watch the show, enjoy the show, uh, and and let us know in the comments what you think. And go back and watch the other episodes and watch Don and Katie if you haven't. Um, that's, a, that's a really good episode. And behind the scenes, we had some technical <laughs> issues. Uh, oh, my we... God. <laughs> Country <laughs> living, guys, all I'm going to say. <laughs> but the You'll integrity notice... of the game was not uh, compromised. You'll so notice that's... Don's no. face get red as the show <laughs> seamlessly progresses on. Her face gets redder yeah. each moment. <laughs> I'm having a meltdown. And, and of course, like you're a producer. So your whole job is just like fixing problems constantly. (laughs) So like you're, you were, you were like so chill the whole time. And I'm like about to burn my house down. (laughs) And I swear anyone who goes and watches it, when you watch it, Don and I really do know a lot about Disney. It is very hard. Okay, (laughs) It is a lot harder than you think it is. Oh, yes, it is. But we'll, we'll have the links to all of this, all, all of your social and everything in our show notes. And I'll also link our episode so anybody can go back and check it out. But I do want to just say thank you for coming on. Yes. And uh, it was fun. We'll, we'll, 
we'll reach back out to you for more for more Epcot conversation coming up here in the future. Cause I, I know you have thoughts and so do we. <laughs> I sure, I sure do. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Uh, it's always wonderful to chat with you and happy to come back. We can, we can fix Epcot. We can do it in one show. Yes. <laughs> All right, guys, we're pulling up to our stop. So I just want to say, see you real soon. Hi everybody. I really will take pictures for you, by the way. That's a wrap on this episode. Thanks so much for riding the red line with us. Please be sure to check out all of the theme park trivia show links in the show notes so you can subscribe and follow along. Also, thanks to my other guest, Katie Fisher from Pictures and Postcards Travel. If you are heading to the Disney parks or looking at booking a Disney cruise or adventures by Disney Experience, Katie can help you get the best prices and discounts along with custom planning and itineraries all at no cost to you. You can find her online at picturesandpostcardstravel.com or email her directly at kfisher at nyaaa.com. Now that you've had a listen, we invite you to join our Maine and Magic Friends community over on Facebook to share your thoughts about the episode. You're welcome to pop in to share stories, ideas, photos, and to connect with other Disney fans. You can also ask questions, get and give advice, post updates from the parks, and just have fun. Head to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash main and magic to join. If you've got a comment or a question, you can email me at mainandmagic at gmail.com or use the contact form on our website. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a minute to share it out on social media and pop over to iTunes and leave us a review. Thank you so much for listening. And of course, in the Disney tradition around here, we don't like to say goodbye. So we say see you real soon. Bye.